Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Rundown. I'm Sunny Galt. I'm a messenger with United Network News, sometimes referred to as UNN. UNN is the official news channel for CARE, which stands for the Center for Amity and Restoration of Earth. We are not your normal news channel, newscast. We do things very differently because we discuss the real news, what's really happening in our local communities, on a statewide level, on a country level, world, and even the entire universe. We go that big. And we do have a newscast that's released through our online distribution platform at unitednetwork.tv. Comes out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And we talk about a lot of stuff. You are certainly not going to hear this on mainstream media or alternative media because those sources, the information that those people talk about, they may have the best intentions, okay? But the source of their information is faulty. And you guys know, if you start with faulty information, it doesn't matter how sincere your motives are, it's still faulty information. (laughs) So we need to get out of that mindset, right? Quit listening to the lies. It should become easier and easier for you to detect the lies because it's simply a frequency. And your body, believe it or not, will start to be able to tune into this more. And when someone is lying to you, you will be able to tell. And one of the things we try to do on this podcast is to go over some of the stories out there and help you discern what's really happening in this story, because there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation out there. And one of the ways we do this is through our field messengers, which are people just like you that are telling us what's happening in their community. But we have content coming in from other places as well, and it all ties into something called the Alpha System. And we talk about that a lot on the news that will probably even come up today a little bit in our world situation report. Now, some of the stuff we talk about is going to seem a little bit out there, okay? If you are just now kind of breaking away from mainstream media and you found us, well, some of the stuff we say, like I said, you're not going to hear this anywhere else. Some of it may seem like you stepped out into maybe a little bit of the twilight zone and you're like, what in the world? You know, this is like part sci-fi movie and government and all this kind of stuff mixed together. Welcome to reality. Uh, This is really what our world is. It's what it's all about. And so we'll break this down for you as simply as possible. If something seems really far out there, my advice is to stick with it. Okay, do some research. We talk about different types of people and groups and things like that. Start searching for this. Go down some rabbit holes. Think critically and ask questions because that's how we all learn. Here is the rundown for Monday, October 16th, 2023. We kick things off with our field messenger reports. And again, these are people just like you that want to make a difference in their community. They want to tell the real story of what's happening in their backyard. And these stories are beautiful. We get to see the world as it really is through the people that live there and love their community. And so today we've got a couple of stories and it's kind of like we've got a dancing thing theme going on today, guys. (laughs) 
So the first story is called Women's Dance, and this is from our UNN field messenger, Chuck Witty Kingsley. He's out of Nigeria. And I love Chuck Witty's stories because they just, you know, give us a little glimpse of what life is like over there for them. And in this story, he talks about there's a women's dance group, and you get to see them dance and perform. This is definitely a visual story. Both of these stories These field messenger reports today are very visual, but he talks about this dance group and it is specifically for married women in his community, right? And these women are amazing. They're beautiful. They have these skirts, these like long skirts, and then some of them are wearing these headdresses and these beautiful anklets and they're doing, they're all doing this same type of dance. One of the things I noticed about this that I thought was so interesting is it looked like it had been raining. These women looked so not just beautiful, but so full of life. Like, you know, they, I don't know, their faces were just kind of like glowing And some of us would look at this situation and be like, oh, but it's raining and they're dancing and most of them weren't wearing shoes. So, you know, they're in the mud, but they were still so happy. And that just goes to show you, you know, obviously they're very proud of their heritage and everything that they're, you know, showing their community. And they worked hard. I'm sure they worked hard and they practiced. And it's not just about the dance. This is about getting together with other people in your community and creating a bond because this group was specifically for married women. And trust me, you know, I'm a married woman. (laughs) There's different things you talk about with married women than you would with single women or, you know, young, you know, teenagers and things like that. And so this is much more than just dance, although the dance element was very beautiful as well. And they just looked amazing. And their clothes look so vibrant. I was like, you know, I'm not sure over there if they have, you know, the typical kind of like washing machines like we have here in the States. But whatever they're doing, it's working for them. Their clothes looked awesome. And again, everyone just looks so happy. And so that's our first report. And then the second report is about fire dancing, which looks really cool at night. You guys have probably seen fire dancing before. So Josine, who is out of the Netherlands, actually kind of does a story on herself, which is interesting because she is a fire dancer. In fact, she not only does fire dancing, but she does belly dancing. And she started this, I think she said 10 years ago. And she equates dancing. She says it's like a prayer. It's like a meditation. And I have some experience in that. I, you know, growing up, you know, did various types of dance and you can get in that zone, right? And so I totally know what she's talking about. But I mean, the video on this, you really just have to see it because she says she uses hoops and she's got all these different props and everything's lit on fire. And me as a mom, I'm going, oh, don't burn yourself. Don't burn yourself. But it was still really beautiful to see. And At the end of the report, she makes this comment that I really think is going to come true for a lot of people. She said, you know, I would love to make a living as an artist, being an artist. This is my true form. This is what really gives me joy. And I think we really need to start thinking about what is it that really gives you that joy in your life? Because for so many of us, we've put that on the back burner because, oh, I can't possibly make money doing that. Or how is that contributing to society? But as we move forward in this new earth that we talk about a lot, it's really about what gives you joy. You know, that joy was put into you (laughs) and is part of you for a very important reason. You have something to contribute to society. You are important. And the things that you love are important because somehow it's going to interconnect with everything else that's going on. And 
someone else is going to be able to benefit from something that you truly enjoy. And so, you know, Josine, if you're listening, I truly believe that you will be able to get paid and make a living doing this. You know, eventually money's not going to mean anything anyways. But as we're in this transition period, it's going to happen. Mark my words. Speaking of the new earth, we have this new segment on the news that we have aptly called the new earth. (laughs) And it's all about sharing stories about where we're going. Where is our planet going? Where is humanity going? Not where we are now, because if you just watch mainstream and even alternative media, they're telling you we're going to hell in a handbasket. And I promise you that is not happening. That is the perception because that's what they want you to think That's what they want you to manifest and create, but that's not what we're going to do. And that is not reality. So in the new earth, we have the ability to do incredible things and we have to learn how to access these, I'll call them spiritual gifts because that's what most people would probably think this is, but really it's just how God created us, how the creator created us to be. And so I did an interview with Michelle Ann Phillips, who happens to be part of the CARE community, and she is a Theta Healing Practitioner. Now, we've talked about Theta brainwaves on the newscast before and getting into that mindset where you're accessing Theta and, you know, your brain is processing Theta. And so... Michelle talks a little bit about what is actually going on here. And the theta brainwaves happen right before you fall asleep. Your eyes may flutter a little bit. It's kind of like that REM sleep stage. And it's about accessing energy, the energy of pure creation, where you've got that abundant love and peace and understanding And that's when it happens, right? And we can actually, if we can access this energy, not just when we're falling asleep, but if we can do a meditation and if we can access this energy, then we can do incredible things with it. Amazing things, miracle things. So we need to access the energy, bring it into reality. And all of this is based on quantum science. And what I loved about this, and I made this comment in the interview with Michelle, I'm like, I love that it's just so simple. Like when I think of quantum science, I'm like, uh, yeah, that sounds really complicated. (laughs) I'm not even sure what all that is about. But we all fall asleep, right? So our bodies are naturally doing this. And I just think it's a beautiful picture of how we're constantly connected with the creator. We just have to bring that into our reality and use that energy. And if we're thinking too much about it, then we're doing it wrong. So I also love that because how often do we just get caught up in, you know, doing things and, you know, our brains are on overload, but this is one of those things like stop thinking about it so much. This is something your body naturally does. So I encourage you guys to check out that interview. We also have a couple of stories that have to do with the environment. So this man in India, his name is Jadav Payang. He transformed this barren island. They called it a sandbar. I kind of have a different picture in my head when I think sandbar. So I'm just going to call it a barren island. He transformed it into a lush forest. And this is pretty much this guy doing it alone. It's 1,300 acres, so 1,300 acres. And he started back in 1979. This is when he got this idea. And he was really connected to nature. And he noticed that snakes were dying 
because there weren't any trees in this area. So he started planting bamboo trees and cotton trees, and he kept doing this, and now it's a lush forest. In fact, they named the island after him. He's now referred to as the Forest Man of India. And the reason we share stories like this is because I know there's a lot of people that are waiting on funding. Because some projects do need some funding in order to make them happen. And I get that, okay? But there's a lot you can do with just what you have right now. This guy did not wait for some money to be dropped into his lap. He saw a need. Snakes were dying. He wanted to fix that. And did it take him some time? Yeah, I guess it kind of did. But now there's a beautiful forest, Now he's the forest man of India. So it's just a testament to what you can do when you really want to make something happen. And then our last story here in our New Earth segment is about organic rooftop farming. So there was an architect in Bangkok and she did this project and she basically took what was a concrete urban sprawl So like, you know, a whole area, very urban, very contemporary, but a lot of concrete, too. You know how sometimes that happens? You're like, oh, where's the greenery here? Well, she took that and basically made it into, you know, where there was a bunch of concrete, like a roof, right? You think of concrete, you know, buildings and things like that. She would turn it into farm, like a not like a farm, like you you might be thinking about acres and acres and acres, although this was several acres, But smaller areas, think smaller areas, but still being able to use it to grow food and organic crops. In fact, she says that these organic crops that can be grown in this area, these areas that she created, produce up to 80,000 meals per year for the area. So it does other things too, by the way. It's not just about growing food. It helps them manage stormwater runoff to prevent flooding, right? Because the plants are absorbing the water. It's a hub for biodiversity. So it's not just the plants, but what lives in the soil, what comes and gets nectar from the flowers, right? So you've got this beautiful picture of organic life that is everywhere now. And then there are some solar panels and things like that. So the solar panels are being used for energy and it powers the irrigation system. So Really, this was thought out very well. This is why an architect needed to do this, right? You don't want things leaking all over your buildings and stuff like that. But again, it's it's another testament to be, what can be done. Do we really have to have things being, you know, static and, you know, concrete everywhere? No, no, you don't. You can make this work. I mean, bring the organic into all of this. Because there are so many benefits. You know, just think how you feel when you take your shoes off and you're walking through the grass, right? Or, you know, you're out in, you know, some sort of meadow or something like that. There's just something so relaxing and beautiful about that. So can we bring that kind of atmosphere into our quote-unquote urban areas? Yeah. Yeah, this architect is proving that's absolutely possible. In our regional news, there's a few stories we're going to go over, and I want to point out um, things to kind of really think about. Like, these are headlines that are out there, and sometimes we need to look at this and, you know, take a slightly different perspective on this. So I think it's interesting how much is being revealed now in headlines, but if you don't really think about it, 
you might miss it. Okay, so our first story is about labor trafficking going on in Qatar. Now, here's the background behind it. There are some Filipino workers who were part of a construction team for the 2022 FIFA World Cup stadium. So they were helping to construct something to do with the stadium, maybe the stadium itself, I'm not sure. And as you can imagine, that that's going to be a lot of work. It's probably going to take some time. So they are now suing the U.S. construction company who was responsible for them that they were working under for harsh and inhumane conditions. So some of the things that they list here is just incredible. So they said they were living in overcrowded and unclean situations, that they would work for 72 hours continuously in extreme heat. So no breaks, you know, not no like eight hour days and then you go home and, you know, hang out with your family. That's not what happened here. They say their wages were withheld and even get this, their passports were seized, leaving them stranded. So they had to do this work because where else are they going to go? And you don't see a lot of stories like this. And and this is, you know, coming out more and more. When we think trafficking, I know there's a lot of emphasis put on sex trafficking and human trafficking. This is labor trafficking. And a lot of this stuff goes on. It goes, you know, we, we don't even hear about it. But I think what's interesting here is, and I'm, I'm just speculating right now, because I don't know too much about the construction company behind all of this. But probably what happened in the past is a company got in trouble and some cabal, you know, larger company or owner of that, you know, company that got in trouble would pay people off. They would just come in and write you a check and write you a check or they would threaten people or do whatever to keep it out of the media. Well, we know that governments are broke and As a result, a lot of these large corporations are going broke as well. They would get a lot of money from the government. And so I just just keep an eye on it because I think you're going to see more stories like this. Fewer and fewer people getting paid off and this stuff actually getting out into the media. Our next story is about Twitter. I guess it's called X now. I refuse to call it X, but okay. Um, So I'm just going to stick with Twitter. (laughs) Uh, They are being accused of not stopping child abuse on their platform or being too lenient in stopping child abuse. So there is an Australian regulator that is fining them $383,000 for not cooperating with their investigation. And basically what this regulator wanted them to do is they wanted information from Twitter about their response time to abuse reports. So if someone sees a post that could be related to child abuse, you know, it's flagged usually, right? Or someone should flag it. Well, that information goes to Twitter. How quickly are they reporting or, or, you know, keeping track of this and responding to these types of reports? And also... What methods are they using to detect this content in the first place? Because you can't just rely on people flagging content. You need to have something that is detecting this, even if there's some false alarms. That's okay. I'm sure there's going to be someone that, you know, goes through it and, you know, double checks for that and whatever. But basically, Twitter (laughs) didn't provide them with the information 
And so this regulator's like, okay, you're not going to do this. We're going to find you hundreds of thousands of dollars. As a result, advertisers are pulling out. So who knows exactly what's happening over at Twitter? But uh, if, if you don't already know this, Elon Musk is not a good guy. He is not a white hat. He does not care about you as uh, a human being. Um, when he was younger, I actually interviewed his childhood babysitter. And she told me stories of him playing with demons. And she was actually taken into a scenario with demons, like underworld beings and whatever. And this is this is Elon Musk as a child. And he was just having a grand old time. OK, he comes from an Illuminati family. So if you think <laughs> that there's a good guy heading up Twitter, think again. OK, it's not happening. It's a dreamland. All right, so we'll see what they do with child abuse moving forward, or the platform may just go under because people are not going to put up, people are not going to put up with the harming of children. If people really knew what happened to our children and how children are abused in this world, their heads would spin. And stuff like this will make people just drop the platform altogether. So we'll see what they do. And our final story is about a museum in New York City, and their removal of human remains that are on display as part of this, you know, like a historical setup and information about history. It's the American Museum of Natural History, again, in New York City, and they are removing all of their human remains from displays because they have ethical concerns about how the human remains were acquired. And I think this story is really interesting here. They say they don't necessarily have consent from the individuals, which is kind of hard to do, right? Like from the individual whose bones are on display. I don't really know how you get their consent unless, you know, they filled out something before saying it could be used for educational purposes or something like that. But also the communities, right? So I'm thinking indigenous people, tribal people, you know, uh, different groups of people that could say, okay, you know, that would have the power or the authority to to give consent. But I think this is really interesting because we shouldn't have anything done to us without our consent. That actually goes against natural law. So I think that this is really interesting that this is coming out we are going to see more and more of this, and it's just naturally happening on our planet, which I think is fascinating. We should be respecting people and not doing things without permission to do so. This is what the deep state has done for a very long time. You know, they have done things like they put things in movies. They tell us what they're doing to us, all this nefarious stuff that they're doing to us through movies, they do this all the time. And we watch the movies and with our buckets of popcorn and soda and, you know, think it's just entertainment. It's not. But because we didn't do anything about it, because we just thought it was a movie, that's implied consent. And so that's not okay. According to natural law, that is not okay. And I think we'll see more situations like that where we're not just assuming that it's going to be okay or whatever. No, we have to have consent. And in today's World Situation Report with Kimberly Gogan from the Office of the Guardian, we kick things off by briefly talking about the solar eclipse. Did anyone go outside? I know in my house, my husband, who's not quite awake, and my kids, they wanted to go outside and they were asking me, do I wear sunglasses? Do I not wear sunglasses? For whatever reason, my body was telling me don't have anything to do with that. So I personally didn't go out. But the deep state 
was definitely checking out this solar eclipse. They thought that it was going to bring a bunch of dark consciousness back onto the planet. That didn't really work out for them. Nothing they do right now is working out. I mean, it's getting a little bit embarrassing. If you are new to listening or watching our newscast or listening to this podcast, then I can get you caught up here pretty quickly. Governments are broke, and the people behind the scenes that run the governments are broke as well. And they can't carry out their wars. You know, we've talked in the past about what's going on in Israel and Palestine. You know, real people are getting hurt, but it's not a real war, okay? When things are orchestrated at the top, it's not a real war. These are about, you know, people are trying to call in demons and do, you know, end times type stuff. That is what's happening, but it's purposeful. It's it's to, you know, take over the financial system of the world is what they're you know, that's their end goal. They lost control of the financial system, the alpha system that I referred to at the beginning of uh, this podcast. And they're trying to get it back. But the problem is the alpha system is an organic system that is for the betterment of the planet and humanity. You cannot use the alpha system to cause wars. <laughs> it will not fund wars it will not spread pandemics all over the place. It will not cause famine and earthquakes and all of this crazy stuff that they're used to doing us, doing to us in the past. That was the Omega system did that. Omega does not exist anymore. We are on the Alpha system. So now they want control of the Alpha system so they can have control of all of the new money coming into the system. Therefore, you know, endless money to carry out all this crazy stuff that just harms humanity. But they're broke. They are totally broke. But that doesn't stop one of these groups, because there's multiple groups that are involved here, from stepping up and saying, hey, I can fund everything. Just give me a few more days. You know, by this time, you know, on Monday, that was the latest one, <laughs> is that by Monday afternoon, which is today, that money was going to come in. It's crazy because they kind of set these days and times to just extend a deadline. And they do some hacking and stuff like that, trying to get into the financial system. But it never works. It never works. And so the operatives did have a meeting. And I believe Kim said that it took place on Sunday. This was a worldwide operative meeting. The operatives are the people that carry out the missions because the people at the top that you know, right now that think they're at the top controlling stuff, well, they don't really get their hands dirty. <laughs> so they send out these operatives who are highly skilled individuals, some of them assassins and people like that. We'll just group them all under operatives at this point to do their dirty work. And Kim talks about this on today's World Situation Report as far as why the operatives are a little bit hesitant to walk away, even though they keep getting these new dates and, okay, well, it's not today. Oh, sorry, that didn't work out. Maybe it's tomorrow. You know, the can keeps getting kicked down the road. So then the question becomes, well, why, why are these guys even hanging around? Because they're like you and me in a sense. You know, they have bills to pay. They may even have families and things like that. So Kim takes the time today to explain how the system works. The operatives are part of the Black Sun. And she talks about what 
they have to do to become part of the group, part of the organization. What does that actually mean? And I'm going to go ahead and play a soundbite here because it's going to shed some light on why they really haven't made a move and partnered with us officially for the restoration of the planet. Why do they keep going back to their masters? Take a listen. We've talked about the Order of the Black Sun. We've talked about the operatives that work for the Order of the Black Sun. Uh, That includes the 15 militaries plus all of their operatives. Now, operatives and agency people are not the same thing. Operatives pretty much work for the order. They contract from time to time for agencies like the Mossad, the CIA, and those people, but they don't actually work for any agency, although they tend from time to time to do jobs under that umbrella because the Order of the Black Sun set up militaries and agencies worldwide underneath their umbrella. So they're kind of a private entity on in all countries everywhere. So people that say these patriots are going to save the country, that is not true. Uh, you actually become a, uh, a part of the organization. Now, what does that mean? If you are at the level of operative and you are at the level of general and you are at the level of, you know, uh, colonel in some cases and and these are not necessarily people you would see on TV uh, as a colonel or as a general. Uh, some of them are and some of them are not. So just be aware of that. There's a second oath that's taken. So there's one oath to your alleged country, you know, they typically take. Uh, then there's a second oath, and this is tied to a black stone covenant. Now, this oath has nothing to do with um, black stone, you know, the, the, the hedge funds uh, people. Uh, this is ancient. It goes back uh, thousands and thousands of years. It has to do with an oath that an organic human being takes to, let's just say, uh, in the mm, anti-source. Mm-hmm. And an oath, therefore, to serve anti-life forms. And along with the oath of the Order of the Black Stone came many, many implants, some of them crystal implants, uh, some of them etherical. uh, And the threat that looms over their head is they have been told by their masters or whoever their handler is that they can switch them off at any time. Now, there's some truth to this. Uh, There is such a thing, or was, I should say, such a thing as a black stone, a very large one in the Omegaverse. Uh, That's not there anymore. Now, number one. Number two, uh, implants and chips and all of these things no longer function, as we talked about last week. They're not tied anymore to any kind of computer system, a quantum AI system, any kind of a black stone or a dark consciousness. Uh, so, you know, the threat that there, you know, that people are being threatened with this currently at this moment. So I just wanted everybody to understand 
that that is not a program anymore and it's an empty threat coming from other people. No, they cannot just switch you off. That is not true. So if these people decide they want a different job, this has been part of the holdup. Yeah. You know, has anybody ever seen anybody experience this? You know, it's kind of like the, the gun. You know, there's a gun. Is it loaded? Is it not loaded? Well, it's always been loaded before. Do you want to tempt fate and, you know, see if they pull the trigger if something happens? So this is, this is something that's being discussed amongst the people regular organic humans that have taken this oath as part of their, let's just say, ascension amongst the ranks. Um, yeah. You know, there's nothing to have an oath. And, and if you are concerned about this and you're questioning whether what I'm telling you is true, all you have to do is contact the archivist office and you'll see that all these agreements and programs have been terminated. So that information is there. So you're free, actually, to walk away other than somebody yelling at you. So let's hope that the operatives are listening, right? Because there's really, there's nothing that they're holding over you. There's no kill switch. There's no, you know, there's nothing like that. So their threats are really empty. And it would be really nice to have more operative support because they could be really great at helping us move forward with restoration, things like security and things like that that we're going to need to protect ourselves. And so we'll wait and uh, see what happens with that. Um, hopefully this information gets out there and they recognize that, you know, there's nothing that these people really can do to you. You have more ability <laughs> in your assassin skills and everything that you can do. I mean, these guys are just, you know, calling the shots, you know, sitting on their sofas and stuff like that. Uh, there's nothing they can do to you etherically, you know, or through any kind of implants or anything. Um, and there, like Kim said, there are ways to verify that. So we'll see what happens. Let's take a break from talking about the deep state. <laughs> Let's talk about something positive. Can we do that, please? All right. So Kim has talked about the dial of destiny before. This was a real thing, by the way, not some Indiana Jones movie. This is a real thing. And it would gauge the amount of light versus dark consciousness on the planet. And the deep state knew about this. Our side knew about this as well. And our planet got really, really dark there, guys. I mean, it was almost a zero-sum game. <laughs> and uh, we were able to get out of it. And so now there's all this light energy on the planet and light consciousness on the planet. In fact, Kim talks about how the time for dark consciousness is over. The plug has been pulled, and that's a big deal. Let's find out what exactly that means. There is a very real change uh, that's happening in the multiverse. So a few months back, we talked about the Dial of Destiny. And how there was a dark pool of consciousness and a light pool of consciousness and, you know, which way the universe was going to go kind of depended on how much consciousness was attracted, you know, into this planet and other planets. Well, the time for permitted dark consciousness to exist on this side of the multiverse based on a mutual agreement between source and anti-source is over. 
and this this started on Saturday. Okay. So what does this mean? This means that little angel on one shoulder and devil on the other shoulder for you organic beings that we're talking to here, uh, time is ending. Uh, things, if you're really super, super sensitive, you might have started feeling uh, yesterday, uh, probably late afternoon U.S. time, would have been things like a sense of freedom. It would have been a dissipation of fear of doing things. Uh, you may have felt like a, a lift, an energy lift in the afternoon. <clears throat> and this will take uh, some time, could be days, could be a week, could be 10 days, for it to completely dissipate. But the one thing uh, we know for sure is that uh, the plug was pulled, so to speak, and and the dark consciousness will no longer exist, not only on this side of the multiverse, but on the other side of the multiverse. And that includes dark consciousness computer systems. Wow. So, like I said, things take time. Once you pull the plug, you know, the you're, you're on your laptop, as an example, you know, you pull the plug and it takes a while for the battery to run out. Mm -hmm. uh, it did cause a little bit of a um, a death rattle, so to speak, to happen. Uh, started yesterday afternoon, uh, continued a little bit into today, but uh, that should dissipate as well. Uh, it also will mean a consciousness change in members of the deep state because they don't have that dark consciousness chips, you know, chips in their head. Uh, there's no dark consciousness feeding their obsessions uh, and compulsions anymore. Don't get me wrong. I'm not uh, Mother Teresa. I'm under no delusion that these people aren't just evil unto themselves. Uh, but their control and their ability to affect you as a person uh, both psychically, you know, psychically, I shouldn't say both, but psychically, spiritually, mentally, uh, a lot of these programs are dissipating now uh, as far as the overall dark consciousness involved in the creation of those programs and frequencies through electronics and those types of things. You're going to start to see more and more of that dissipate as the swarm of dark consciousness that fed on things, all things electronic, all things electricity, you know, like I said, it's an artificial thing. So um, we'll start to finally completely dissipate and never come back. So you guys, this is a really big deal. Humanity has no idea yet, who knows if they'll ever fully know, how much control what we call the deep state, even though it was much bigger than just, you know, the people you see on TV, how much control they had over us. I mean, it gets really dark, guys, you know, through our computers and things like that and frequencies and putting ideas, horrible things into our head, giving us diseases through frequencies. And so what Kim is saying is that ability to do that, like it's like you pulled the plug and yeah, you know, the battery, you know, you got to wait for the battery to die a little bit, right? <laughs> Using the laptop analogy. But it's going away. Like our planet has never seen this before. It's incredible. And just think think what humanity can do without being under that type of influence. And who knows what it's going to do with the remaining you know, people involved in the deep state. I mean, 
you know, you never know what those guys, I, I think most of them are probably a lost cause, but it does kind of give you that glimmer of hope that maybe somebody will come around or maybe something will happen faster because of this or, you know, maybe it'll benefit them as well. But it's definitely a positive change for those of us who are anchoring the light, who are, you know, here for a reason and here to help not only ourselves, but the rest of humanity just raise our vibration and uh, move forward with the new earth. That's what we're here for, right? We want to restore our planet. So that's the good news, guys. We are on the right track. The deep state is still broke. It doesn't matter what kind of uh, eclipse comes our way or alignment with the sun, moon, whatever planet. Nothing is going to stop us from moving forward. So that's the good news. Again, if some of this is a little bit out there for you, I get it. I get it. Okay. Do some research. Okay. Maybe, you know, go on the internet, search for some things, you know, that we talked about today. Just keep asking questions. I think when we stop learning because we think we have everything figured out, that's when we get a lesson in humility. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I thought I had all that figured out. There was a time in my life, you know, I thought I had all of this end time stuff figured out and it did not. It is not going the way I thought it was going to go. You know, I had a very Christian viewpoint of how the end times was going to be. And uh, let's just say uh, it's it's happening very differently <laughs> than what I thought. But you have to have an open mind when it comes to this, you know, because we have been lied to about everything. And that includes religion as well. There's truth in all of that. But it's just mixed in with so much lies and people are, you know, their whole life is is based on, you know, some of these philosophies and religions. And so it is difficult. And there may be some of that cognitive dissonance going on in your head going, no, I thought it was this way. Don't tell me it's this way. You know, how can it be completely like a 180 from what I thought it was? And for a lot of people, that's what they're going through right now. If you want to help someone out because you liked what you heard on today's podcast and you think someone else needs to hear it, then please share this episode with them. Share the entire podcast. That would be amazing. If you want more information about our newscasts and, you know, have access to the complete world situation report, well, then you can go to unitednetwork.tv. So that is a membership-based site. And we also have original series. We've got great health and wellness videos. All of that is at your fingertips, unitednetwork.tv. If you want to connect with us, then we are pretty active on Telegram. We also have different websites and things you can participate in. If you go to our news website, which is unitednetwork.news slash connect, you'll have all the links there. Okay, so we, we just created this link. It was easier than listing all of the different sites. So now go to unitednetwork.news slash connect and join us there. This is The Rundown, and I'm Sunny Galt for United Network News, signing off.